I invite you to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. And that may seem strange to you. For the last couple of months, we've been working through a series of messages through the Gospel of John. I've just sensed it would be appropriate during the month of December just to push pause on that theme and and just pick up a collection of Christmas messages uh, throughout different passages that we are given here in the Bible. I want to entitle this theme throughout these messages on December, The Great Gift Exchange. I'm thinking back to when I was a small boy attending a a public school and wherever we lived, that these good-natured teachers always took it upon themselves to try to have these unskilled hands create some sort of a Christmas present for my mom and stepdad. And so there they would bring out the materials that often seemed to involve popsicle sticks, cotton balls, broken candy canes, construction paper, and glue, gobs of glue. And then I would try to follow the instructions, and I don't think it's false humility to say that it was usual for me to have the worst production in all of the class. And then on Christmas, I would present this mess to my mom and and stepdad, and they would receive it. And in exchange, they would provide what seemed like a pile of blessings. And I thought about that leading up to this month, and I thought, you know, there's some analogy there for the Christian life. That often what we do is we bring a pile of mess to God. And in exchange, He provides blessings. We bring a shattered life and He provides wholeness. We bring our sin and He provides forgiveness. We bring our confusion and He provides clarity. And we bring our life headed towards death, and He provides a life that will live on for eternity. So would you, over these next couple of Sundays, I think Zach will partner with me in this, is consider what we bring to this relationship to God that could only be described as a mess. And in exchange, we get this blessing, these blessings from God. The theme I want to hit on today is that we bring our anxiety, our stress, our conflict to the relationship and in exchange, this great exchange, God provides peace. So let's look here at this passage that you're very familiar with in Luke chapter 2. We've sung about this theme And now let's look at it more specifically in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, and we'll read down to verse 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, look at verse 14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so, Father, this is what we pray for, is just a clarity and awareness of this peace that is offered, a peace with you, a peace with others, a peace within ourselves. Thank you for this great gift that is being offered to us this day and has been offered to us in the past. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder this morning, do you find yourself stressed out, unable to sleep, your insides tied up in knots? Do you have an appetite or is there too much of an appetite? Are you irritable? Do you have a short fuse? Are you here physically this morning, but there's so many other pressures going on that you're not really here at this moment. You're preoccupied. Do you find your mind scattered? I can think of when I'm stressed, often I have a difficulty latching on to things that I need to do, and I am so susceptible to time wasters, like checking social media, checking sports highlights, shopping for things I don't need and don't even want, but just to have something occupy my mind. What we see in this passage today is that there is a gift of peace that is being offered with Jesus' arrival. And so what I want to do this morning is take a look at this thread, this theme of peace from the beginning of the Bible all the way through the end of the Bible. Now I want to urge you to pay attention because what we're going to share this morning is really important and you might miss it. This morning, or this past week, I read of a man, listened of a man that wasn't paying attention. He was an older man, he was driving on the highway, and he was going so slow that there was a line of cars a mile behind him. A police officer pulled him over and said, do you know why I've pulled you over? And he said, no, I don't. He said, well, you are going so slow. The old man said, no, I'm not. I'm going the speed limit. Look, and he looked up at that sign right ahead, and it said, Highway 26. (laughs) He said, listen, that's not the speed limit. That's the highway. And at that point, the officer looked across the vehicle, and he saw an older woman, the man's wife. Estimated her in her mid to late 80s, and and she had her, her fingers embedded into the dash. The color of white was over her. It was evident that she was given over to fear at that moment. And the officer said to the man, are you okay? Is she all right? She does not look like she is doing well right now. And the old man said, you know, come to think of it, as soon as we got on Highway 151, (laughs) 
uh, she started to do that. So friends, I want you to pay attention. Today, you may find yourself tense. I heard about a doctor that saw a patient, and, and the patient got a physical. And as the doctor was examining this patient, the, the patient said, I, I just had some really strange dreams over the last two nights. Uh, two nights ago, I dreamed that I was a pop-up tent. Last night, I dreamed I was a teepee. And the doctor thought for a moment, he says, I can tell you right now what your problem is. You are too tense. <laughs> that was for you, Jim. I knew that would be something for you. Maybe this morning, you find yourself too tense. I'll remind you what it says here in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, where it says, Glory to God in the highest. This is what the angels are saying. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. There is peace. There is peace that is available to you. It is a gift. Today, would you allow me just to take you on a little journey through the Scriptures from past to present to future and see what the Bible has to say about experiencing this peace with God. Now, if we were to look at a definition of peace within our own dictionaries, I think we would see two different themes. One, we would see tranquility. We would see probably a picture up of a, a lake up north, maybe with a sunrise or a sunset with a loon uh, sitting atop of that lake, and we would say, oh, isn't that peaceful? The other definition that we would see under peace would be the absence of war. But when we look to the, the two words that are used in the Scriptures, the Hebrew word is shalom, and the Greek word is irene, we see a much fuller definition of this concept of peace. It means wholeness, harmony in relationships, satisfaction, and an absence of war. So as we start walking through this idea of peace in the Bible, here's the first thing I want you to hear, is that God is the source of peace. In fact, we could look at Uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 24, when Gideon built an altar there to the Lord, he called it, the Lord is peace. If you want wholeness, if you want harmony, if you want satisfaction and absence of war, it is through a relationship with God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Is there anyone here this morning, either viewing online or here in person, that says, I need peace at all times and in every way? Any talk of true wholeness, harmony in relationships, Satisfaction is discovered in a relationship with God. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You keep me in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Peace is only found in a close relationship with God. In the same way, 
that a warm fire, maybe it was made in your fireplace this morning on this December morning, the closer you draw to that fire, the warmer you are. The further you are away from that fire, the cooler you are. The closer you draw to God, the more peace you experience. The further you are away from God, the less peace you have. The beginning of the Bible provides a vivid picture of peace. Here you have God, who is peace. Here you have man, here you have woman. And you have this magnificent garden. That is a picture of peace. There is wholeness, there is harmony, there is satisfaction, there is an absence of war. But when sin entered, peace exited. And there was emptiness, there was conflict, there was despair and war. And so every person in this room or every person listening to this right now was born in the conflict as a result of that first sin by man. And where God is absent, peace is absent. Isaiah wrote, Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Yet God is gracious. He is merciful. He is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, according to Exodus 34, 6. And he made a way for you to experience peace. And as we look through the pages of the scriptures, we see that one of these temporary ways was through sacrifices, animal sacrifices. That man, woman sinned, And that instead of God punishing that man and woman, he would lay out that punishment on these animal sacrifices. There is something in Leviticus chapter 7. Leviticus is the third book of the Bible and is often called the really the cemetery of all reading plans. As as one says, I'm going to read through the Bible. They get to Leviticus and they start reading about blood and kidneys and earlobes or all that stuff. And and, and they can kind of dry out there. But in Leviticus 7, there's something called a peace offering. And this isn't so much to get this um, forgiveness so you could have peace. It's like through the covenant, through the promise of God, out of thanksgiving to that, I'm going to offer this sacrifice. Men, we know something about this. When we forget our wife's birthday, we forget an anniversary, she forgives us, but we still bring a peace offering. It's flowers, it's a meal, it's, it's some act of kindness, right? But all of this peace offering was a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing of one that would ultimately come to grant us this peace. So the second point I have here is the gift of peace is offered through Jesus. So I told you we're going to look through some passages in the scriptures today. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, we'll look at verse 6. And this morning I was noticing that's the verse right there on that plaque. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This is a promise of one that will come to restore this peace between sinful man and the holy God. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, 
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the last one is Prince of Peace. There will be one that is born that will be called the Prince of Peace. And he will come to bring peace between man and God. Let's look at another one in Micah. A small prophet, if you find Jonah. Micah is the, is the small book right after Jonah. Often we read in Micah 5 verse 2 about Bethlehem. But if you just read a few verses after that, you'll see another foretelling of this person of peace. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Epiphathath, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And look at verse 5. And he shall be their peace. Not only is God peace, the Father peace, but we see here a foretelling of Jesus that Jesus is our peace. Well, how is it that Jesus will bring peace to man and woman? And the answer to that is found in the New Testament. We could go to multiple places, but let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. As we look at, there was peace there in the garden. That peace was given up when there was sin. There was temporary sacrifices that would provide a momentary peace between sinful man and God. But there was a foreshadowing that there would be a one that would come that would ultimately deliver the ultimate peace. And that is God's Son, Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, look with me at verse 13 through 17. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of the two, so making peace." And might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. How is it that this peace, this gift that we're talking about today is achieved? It's by the cross. Jesus provided peace through the cross. He is the living sacrifice. He died in your place that you might be forgiven and you might enter into this peace, this relationship with God. Let me look at, have you look at another verse. Back to the left in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. 
Scripture says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, if we believe that Jesus died in our place, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the gift that's provided during Christmas and every day of the year, that Jesus has come, that you might have peace with God, that there would be nothing to divide you and God because you've been forgiven of your sins. Listen to what Jesus said in the waning moments of his life before he would go to the cross in John 14, verse 27. He said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus hits on something here that the world does offer peace. It's called a a retirement account. It's called life or health insurance. It's called the police. And I am grateful for the peace that's provided in the world. But it is not the same as the peace that is provided through Jesus. And he says here in chapter 14, verse 27 of John, my peace. I take that to mean the same peace that he enjoys in an intimate relationship with the Father. Because we are forgiven, we might experience that peace as well. So the gift of peace is offered through Jesus. But, but I want to make it very clear to you today that this gift is not something that you just come by and pick up and just take for yourself. This gift is tethered to a very close relationship with God. This is not the self-absorbed teenager that goes to the Christmas party at Grandma and Grandpa's only so they can go get that envelope of cash. As soon as they get that envelope, they're out of there. This is a relationship that is warm and intimate with the Father. It's, it's, it's kind of like a little boy or a little girl, a son or a daughter, that just enjoys climbing up into their father's lap. They enjoy his company. He enjoys the daughter, the, the son, so much that out of the overflow of that relationship, there is protection. There is provision. There is blessing. There is wisdom that is granted. This peace that we are talking about here, at one time, yes, there is peace with God, but the peace that goes beyond that is through a close relationship with God. Let me hit thirdly then, the peace of God lived out. God's peace is enjoyed in constant, moment-by-moment relationship with the Father. This past week, I read of a, of a young girl that was on a train. And was in, it was in France, and it was during the World War. And it was, uh, the, the, the conductor of that train was her father. And, and because they had to get so much cargo, 60 miles from where they were to this destination that was car, carrying cargo for the war, they had to go really fast, and it was a dangerous track. And as they went... The car was swaying back and forth, and the people within the, the train car were ooh and ah and out of fear. But there was this little girl 
who was at peace, and she was coloring, and she was laughing, and they were joking. And they came to her a little bit later and says, how is it that you can enjoy this route when everyone else is afraid? And this little girl says, because I know who the conductor is. I know who is leading this train. And as a result, I have peace. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this ride. Number one here, what does this evidence look like? It's evidence of a spirit-filled life. What does it look like to live with this peace of God? I will remind you that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. If you are under the Holy Spirit's control, if you are living a life of holiness, then you will be experiencing peace. Peace with God. Peace in your circumstances. Peace with others. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, Paul wrote that the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you indeed were called in one body, and be thankful. What does this peace of God look like when it's lived out? I'm going to disappoint you here because I don't have anything really um, tantalizing to offer to you. It's, you know what it is? It's getting up an extra half hour, 45 minutes, an hour every morning. Getting into that chair, getting into that lamp that has, provides good light, getting into the Bible with a pencil and a journal, and reading what the Scriptures have to say to you. The peace of God lived out means that you are in the Word. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. And while you're there in your studies, you just naturally allow your heart to to go from the words of Scripture into prayer. And so how does it look like when peace is lived out in your life? It's one that's in the Word. It's also in prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and listen to this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The person that is experiencing this gift of peace has this ongoing prayer life. There's continual pressures going on, but they're offering them up. Oh, God, take this. God, resolve this. I'm trusting that you will do this. I'm standing on your promises. I'm leaning on your everlasting arms. What is it that that old song says? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needs, how does that go? We, oh, what peace we often forfeit. All oh, what, what pains we need to bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Next time I'll put that in my notes. <laughs> and then finally, What does it look like to have this peace lived out? It's in relationships with others. Peace of God is not meant to just be kept for ourselves. It's meant to be shared with others. In some places in the book of Acts, the peace of God is, is another way of talking about the gospel, of sharing it with others. But also we see that we are to pursue peace with others. Proverbs 16, verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. 
Romans 12 verse 18 says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with others, with all. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, Strive for peace with everyone. Here's a gift that's provided for you this morning to receive this peace. It'll be lived out as the Holy Spirit working through your life as you're continually in the Scriptures, ongoing prayer, pursuing peace with one another. As it says there, as much as it depends on you, you you want to be seeking peace with others. Now, you could be here this morning saying, Chad, listen, I've experienced this gift. I've been forgiven of my sins, and, and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm in the Word. I'm, I'm in prayer. I, I see evidence of the Spirit working in my life. I want the peace of God to rule my life. But I'm tell, here to tell you, I'm still experiencing anxiety and stress. So let me, just, let me just give you a picture of what the future of God's peace will be like. There will come a day when Jesus will return. And at that moment, we will enter into pure peace. But not until that moment. The the scripture provides a, a magnificent picture, some imagery of what that will look like. I'm I'm in Isaiah again, chapter eleven. You probably remember this, but let me just read to you a few of these verses. Isaiah eleven, verse six. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with a young goat. The calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and the little child shall be lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Listen to this. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that day, the root of Jesse, speaking of Jesus, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire, and the resting place shall be glorious. Now, that is a picture of peace. And I would remind you what the youth sang to us today. Don't drop a single anchor. We're almost home. Through every toil and danger, we're almost home. How many pilgrim saints have gone before us gone? No stopping now. We're almost home. That promised land is calling. We're almost home. And not a tear shall fall then. We're almost home. Make ready now your souls for that kingdom come. No turning back. We're almost home. But we're not there yet. There's peace available to you today. Have you tasted this peace? I've thought about this. I've thought about all the Christmas gifts that I've received through my whole life. I don't know if I possess any of them today. But this Christmas gift that is offered to you is an eternal one. It's the gift of peace. If you're watching online, if you're here in person, 
I would urge you, receive it. Acknowledge your sin that has led to this conflict. Call out to God and say, I want you to rule my life. I want to walk with you. Maybe today you're noticing there, there is an absence of peace. Perhaps you have drifted from him. And I don't want to offer such a simplistic message to say that if you have some anxiety, then, then you must be in sin. Because I know that there's things that we're all going through today. And some it may be best to receive some counseling. Some maybe even some, some, a visit to the doctor. But I'm saying that there is peace available through a relationship with Jesus. Perhaps you've said there's an absence of peace. But, but I, I have drifted from my relationship with God. And I want to return. All of us will face stress and anxiety and worry. But may the Lord grant us this peace. May he grant us the faith to stand on these promises. To lean on his everlasting arms. Would you stand with me and as Miss Jean comes. You know, I just, I don't want us to be a, a church that just goes through the motions. And so what we've done over the last couple of weeks is we've said, would there be some men and women within our church that would serve as a prayer team and they'd just be available to pray uh, for people within our church? And maybe today you'd say, you know what? I haven't been experiencing the peace that I think God wants. And I just I could really use someone to come alongside and just pray for me in that. Or maybe you're here today and you says, I've never received that gift of peace that is provided. Uh, today, I want that great gift exchange. I want to bring my worry. I want to bring my conflict. I want to bring my anxiety. And I want to experience this, this peace. If you're a part of that prayer team, I, I invite you to step out. And as we sing this song of invitation, be available to anyone that would say, would you pray for me? Or I have questions of what it is to receive this gift of peace. Father, we pray that you would use this time right now, all throughout our room, all throughout those who are viewing online, for there would be some heartfelt prayer to say, I I desire this peace in my life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.